Welcome to Backyard Bets. I am Jacob Brown, the Super Bowl edition of Backyard Bets, and I'm joined by Tyler Fabian, Kansas City Chiefs, and Rory's Philadelphia Eagles. He is not on this show because we already know what he would say. He would say Eagles, and it wouldn't be any fun. So, you know, I hate the Eagles. There's no bias there. Uh, and we have Tyler here, who actually is truly an unbiased person in this game, here to bet this game. I know we've taken this show off for a little bit, and uh, that's been because of uh, you know the holiday season came around and then I've been really focused on the uh, the baseball pods with Rory doing our top 10 lists and if you want to check those out we have those coming out every week they're labeled strictly baseball rank them we've had top 10 catcher first base and second base come out with third base coming out this week and uh, we've had a ton of fun with those so you can go check it out and follow us on Twitter at strictly sports P to see the lists on there as well so Tyler how you doing? It's been a bit uh, on the podcast scene, but it's Super Bowl time. It's going well. It's glad to have the Super Bowl here. Fortunately, my team's not in it, which sucks, but it's, it's, it is what it is. It's part of the game. It's part of the seasons. Hopefully next year we'll make that push. But um, yeah, no, we got, a, we got a good matchup. It looks like it could be a decent matchup this year. I know we say that every year and Either some blowouts happen or it's just a low-scoring, boring game, or we get some one of the competitive, low-scoring games. So looks like it could be a good matchup this year, and I hope that's the case. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a really good matchup, uh, and we'll get into it and really dig deep on this podcast. And uh, But one thing I just realized as we were talking about it, we haven't talked to you about Mr. Tom Brady. He announced his retirement. Uh, he is done with the game of football. Listen, he... I'm not going to give my analysis on GOAT, not GOAT, whatever the, the case is. Everyone's given their opinion. He's amazing. Seven-time champ. Nobody's going to top that. Uh, me, you and I, I will say this, us getting to see him and seeing him come back and win a game against the New Orleans Saints in person, uh, that was, I mean, that's all I needed to see. I mean, to get that, the first and last time I've ever seen him, that was great. Uh, he's definitely the greatest of all time. He will be missed in the sport, um, at least playing-wise. He does have that announcing gig that he has lined up for football. but um, So he'll still be around in football, which is great. Great to see that he'll be around just like Peyton is and and everything. And, but and which, uh, uh, he will be missed playing. Yeah, no, sorry to interrupt. He did say today on Coward 2024 is when he'll start uh, announcing. He's going to take a year off. Still though, we'll have him around, which is great. You know, get his get his thought process yeah, yeah. the game, kind of see a little bit more into that mindset. But he'll be misplaying, that's for sure. I know some people won't miss him playing, but that's just part of the part of the game when you're the greatest, you always have your haters. So yeah. Wish him luck in retirement. Hope he enjoys that Miami weather. I know we did while we were there, so <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, uh, hopefully he does enjoy himself and uh, he's going to be making more money as a broadcaster than he did as a player, which is just really crazy to think about. But that's the way the market is uh, these days in the broadcasting world after Romo set that precedent. But what about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, though? I mean, where do they go from here? What are you looking at for them at the quarterback position? Yeah, a little side note on that, though. That's also why he is the greatest of all time is because he was willing to make those pay cuts as a player to get those weapons around him. However, you want to dig into that is your own de- is your own decision. We're not debating that. It's not, we're not we're not going to be a debate show on this. But um, the Bucks, um, I'm hoping that we capitalize and we go get a quarterback that is in a. I think we're in a window to win now. I don't think Kyle Trask is our answer, and he's the only quarterback we have technically on contract right now. 
I like Kyle Trask. I liked him at Florida, but I'd actually like to see make a push for Derek Carr. I am I am saying that out loud vocally to anyone and everyone that will listen. I do want to see Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr would actually be a good fit for our team. I think he's a good player. He's got the dog in him. And, I mean, we got the weapons that I think he'd mesh with, so – Hey, I mean, it, listen, he won the precision thing at the Pro Bowl. Uh, and, and the thing about him, I, and I've had this debate with my dad for the last few weeks because he's a Jets fan. I'm debating with him, Rodgers, Carr. He wants Carr. I'm like, how could you not want Aaron Rodgers? Right? You know, like I, but he wants Carr. You know, he's younger. He likes the accuracies. And he brings up the point, too, that's true. I mean, Carr hasn't played with a top 20 defense his entire career. That would change in Tampa Bay, theoretically at least. Uh, so that could be interesting. Just your note on the Rodgers. So it's not that I wouldn't take Rodgers. I would, but if we're going to be in a similar scenario as that we were with Brady, whereas do we have him for a year? Do we have him for three? You know, not that I don't think we can win in that window with Rodgers. I just think we have a team where we can capitalize and keep Derek Carr for the next foreseeable future and also keep some of those talent that we have already on the roster. That's just all. Right, and also uh, we've heard reports Green Bay's not trading him within the NFC, and mm-hmm. I don't think even if they did that he would want to follow in the footsteps of Tom Brady. I don't think he's that type of – like I think he wants his own thing. So uh, I, Jets or Raiders make sense for Rodgers. But let's get into the game that everybody is talking about. Super Bowl 57, I think. I hope I'm right. Uh, losing track at this point. But NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles, AFC champ. Kansas City Chiefs, Mahomes is here again, and let's just get into it. Give us what you want to get into first. I think we're doing player props first. Yeah, let's do some player props for first. Uh, last time Mahomes was in the Super Bowl, they were talking about you know passing the baton from Brady to Mahomes. So Brady retiring is this his chance to kind of step up and really take the reins as the future of the NFL, or is this Jalen Hurts' turn? So kind of plays that scenario into play a little bit. Um, I know Mahomes is a little bit more established than Hurts and all that, but that's, again, we're not a debate show in that aspect. We're just here to talk about sports. Um, so Mahomes, yes. So Mahomes, <laughs> we're going to need a little bit of player props. I started with that just because I'm looking at my Mahomes notes. Um, Mahomes, for their player props for this, for the Super Bowl, is projected to have 295.5 yards passing, um, two and a half touchdowns, a uh, half interception, and 25 and a half completions with 39 and a half attempts. So those are kind of all the player props that I was looking to kind of address with Mahomes. You can kind of go into them, which one are, uh, where, where, you want to start with any of them? You have thoughts on any of them in general? So it's saying 255 passing yards? It's 295 passing yards. 95. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So see, that that's where I get really – this is where you can get really nitty and gritty about how you think the game is going to go. Because when you look at this game and, and this kind of loop in and to how I think about the teams as well, I think when you look at it, the offensive line for Philadelphia is better than Kansas City's. The defense for Philadelphia is better than Kansas City's. The wide receivers are better for, Can- for Philadelphia than Kansas City's. The running game is better for Philadelphia than Kansas City. The differentiator to me is head coach and quarterback. Mahomes just won on a bum ankle against Patrick Mahomes and Trevor, excuse me, against uh, Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. And that's an incredible feat. 
no matter what you want to say about both teams and the states that both of those teams were in, you know, that those were road teams, whatever you want to say. But this is by far the best defense that he's going to face. If he is limping, that's obviously a factor. We don't know that yet. There's no video of any practice yet. And so 295 yards being the starting number, for me, that's almost optimistic for Vegas. They're saying that even against this defense, he's still going to throw his ass off. And even with the speculation about his ankle, they're still projecting him for a lot of passing yards. I mean, this is a Super Bowl. This isn't a regular season game. 295 passing yards in a Super Bowl is a lot. Um, so I don't know if he gets to that number. Do you? Um, see, I don't know if he's going to get to that number, but see where I kind of relate that back to is, to your point, it is going to be a great defense for Philadelphia, but the Philadelphia's strength on defense is that defensive line. It is that pass rush. It is that, that the rushing like defense itself. Um, that's their strength. Not that they don't have a good secondary, but that is their strength is that defensive line, that front seven. So they're definitely going to be getting that rush home on Mahomes. Their run game is going to have a hard set for the run game um, for for KC. Now, if we go look at the previous two Super Bowls um, that Mahomes played in throughout the season, he kind of had some you know high high attempts per game and everything. But comfort Super Bowl time. He was completing over 40, 40 attempts. He completed, I mean, uh, he was attempting over 40 throws, you know, 42 against San Francisco in his first one and almost 50 attempts against Tampa Bay. I think this is going to be a game where he's going to have to be throwing the football a lot. And not to mention, we go back to his bum ankle. He's not going to be able to maneuver out of the pocket too much. Um, and if he is, how mobile is he going to be? Um, he's usually a pretty smart quarterback when it comes to protecting the football, not taking sacks not throwing dumb interceptions. So I think he's going to have to throw the football away a lot quite quite often too, just to, you know, play smart, play ahead of the chains essentially. Therefore, I think he is going to attempt over 40 attempts. I mean, that 39 and a half attempts for the game. So that's where I think the window of getting to 300 yards is going to be there. However, if we do go look at his last couple games in the Super Bowl, he hasn't thrown over 200. The highest, the most he threw was 286 against San Francisco and 270 against Tampa Bay. In his last couple of games, he's yep. averaging 250 yards a game almost. So I, I personally, I'm leaning the under yardage per games. But then again, those 255s, that's on with him completing 34 passing attempts per game or throwing it, attempting 34 times a game. So we all that the 40 there's that chance he can make that room right up there and get up 300. But I, I think we'll be pretty close, but I'm right now I'm leaning the under. That's interesting. I mean, the way they utilize him in Super Bowls with the attempts as, as opposed to other games. Um, so you'd have to think they're going to keep him around that number. And that's why, like you just said, the pathway to 300 yards is there with that many attempts, but he hasn't done it in the Super Bowl yet. So that, you know, where, where do we, So I think I'm under on the yards. I think I'm indifferent. I don't really, you know, I wouldn't bet on attempts, you know, because this is a different team. And, and sometimes those things are dependent on the team. Maybe against San Francisco, they figured this is an elite defense. We're going to make Mahomes beat this elite defense. Um, and they did put, I mean, that's what happened. San Francisco went straight after Mahomes in that Super Bowl for the first three quarters, and then they couldn't stop him in the fourth. So it worked for three quarters of the game, and then he took off. So sometimes when the onus is all put on you, you're going to you're gonna get the ball the most of the time. So that's why I think it's happened in these Super Bowls, and especially against the Bucs when you're down 
you're not going to be running the ball. So um, it, it all depends on where they are in the game. And that's another thing when we're getting the nitty gritty of this is, do I think they're going to win the game? And if they do, it's going to be by killing a lot of clock. And, and so I, that makes me feel like, does Kansas City mix in the run game more than usual? Because that's what Philly does. They have the number one run game in the league. And if they're able to just put together these 12, 13, 14 play drives, that's going to be a problem for Kansas City. So it's tough to make some of these predictions. Yeah, no, and I totally get what you're seeing. I actually think the Tampa Bay game in such of a lineup is is going to be similar to this aspect of Mahomes. Casey's going to have to run the football. They, you know, they wanted to do that against Tampa Bay, but they could never get it established because we had such a great run defense that year. So therefore, it was put on Mahomes to pass the football the entire game, and then the Bucks would go on and have these long, sustainable drives, whether they did anything with them or not, and they did score quite often on them. Therefore, switching, flipping that script, forcing Casey to throw the football more and ditch that run game. So it'd be interesting to see if they ditch that run game again in the Super Bowl and just put it back in Mahomes' hands, or if they kind of stick with it a little bit. That's I'm. Based on you know, just what I've seen and everything, it seems like it's going to be Mahomes' game. Like they're going to put it in Mahomes. He's the guy. He's their fifty million dollar guy. We live or die with him. You almost got to at that point, and uh, you know, from what I understand, it was one of the receivers. I believe McCall Hardman was put on IR today, but they did activate CMC. Uh, or am I using the the wrong acronym? It's Clyde Edwards-Helaire, C E H. That's right. So he was activated today but in exchange for a receiver that that impacts the game plan just that one move mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, I i'm taking the over on attempts i think the yards are actually kind of pretty accurately going to be pretty close i think he will get close to 290 um just because it's i think it's going to be his game um with all those attempts and everything though i, I do want to take the over on interceptions i know it's at a half and he's thrown one interception in the last i don't know five games or whatever but he's thrown two interceptions in both super bowls appearances that he's had the last time he faced the eagles he threw an interception i will be taking the over on the half for an interception just because of all the attempts i know i said he protects the football very well but you start throwing the football over 40 times and the odds of you throwing a pick are pretty high, especially if you got to start forcing it down the, down the line or something. I just think it's a good uh, good play for me right now. So that, that's personally why I'm taking that. I that's good logic right there. And are you kidding me? I mean, he's you're telling me he's not going to throw one interception the whole game in a Super Bowl, and you just said he's thrown two in both of them. So I don't know. Uh, I would go. I would go there. That seems like the easiest one of all of them. Yeah. Well, that, that was kind of like my player props when I came to, you know, QB. Um, I don't have much of the players, just, you know, wide receivers and everything, but I wanted to at least look at Kelsey um, because Kelsey has been a factor of this team. He's been the highlight of this team for the years on end. So is Tyreek Hill during the Super Bowl runs, but obviously he's with Miami now. So it's Kelsey's show now when it comes to wide receiver, even though he's a tight end. Um, so right now they got his player props at, uh, yards per game, they're projecting 81 and a half and seven and a half catches for the game. So, uh, got any 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 thoughts, any feelings either way? The seven and a half catches, they said. Yes, he's he's projected to have the most catches in, yeah, the, so, in the Super Bowl right now. Yeah, I, I 
Absolutely. I think he's going to get seven, eight. He's going to have a great game. Uh, the, he always shows up in these Super Bowls. So, uh, yeah, I, I would take the over on that without really even thinking about it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I'm having him take the over on the seven and a half catches. He had 10 catches against Tampa Bay. I mean, he only had six against San Francisco, but even if you take that average, we're right up there at eight. I'll fuck. I'll take that all day. And then 81 and a half <laughs> yards. He's our main target. I get the defense is going to be wanting to slow him down, but it, it, Mahomes, if we're, if we're going back to the Mahomes props and he's going to be throwing over 40 attempts, you're going to tell me that at least half, I mean, 20% of those are not going to be targeted towards Kelsey. The man catches, he has a pretty good catch, you know, ratio. I would take this seven and a half and, you know, if he averages 10 yards per catch, that's 80 yards. I mean, we're right there at 80, 81 pretty much. So I, I'm taking it over on both, to be honest with you. The, the road well, that, to that's where it, needs that. Well, that, that's where it gets tough, though. I mean, 10 yards per catch is a lot. So sometimes you might get little dinky, you know, dip and dunks where Mahomes is last option. He's cutting to the sidelines, a little four-yard catch. I mean, you know, you never know. So – uh, most of the times they link up, it's on the big play, but uh, and that can make up for any plays that are little plays. But um, I, I still agree with you. I think he'll get over eighty-one if that if I heard that correctly. But uh, it's a, that's a tough number. That's not a guarantee, even though it seems sort of low it, even because he's the number one target. Yeah, of course, of course, I get, I get what you're saying. But um, are there any other KC player props that you kind of wanted to look at, or you know? Anything on that that fun end right there? I mean, what do they say for uh, Pacheco? Uh, let's pull that up right now. Sorry, I just I was looking up um, Kelsey's stats. Just so you know, he averages 12, 12 and uh, twelve point two yards per catch this season. So it's also why I'm kind of right there on that. Let's take that over. Okay. Sorry, you know how my internet is. Um, Pacheco is at 40 and yeah. 48 and a half right now for the over-under on uh, rushing yards per game. Ooh. See, and with, with Edward Solaire back, is that a number that you want to take? I mean, because I don't know if they're going to give him the ball, meaning Hilaire the ball primarily. First week back, I don't think he's going to get the bulk of the carries. So I, I think Pacheco, he, he's been a bit of a wild card in the playoffs. I think he gets that number. Yeah, I mean, like we were saying, I mean, they, they definitely need to establish that run and get everything going with them. Um, he averages, I don't know, five yards a carry right now. How many carries? I mean, it, it's doable, but he has been a little bit of a wild card and in, inconsistency lately. I, I'm going to personally lean the under just because I, I want to stick to – I believe it's going to be Mahomes' show for KC. All right. Okay. All right, yeah, then let's get to these Philly props. Uh, so we got Jalen Hurts. I think we should just do QB versus QB, kind of start to kick it off for them. So right now the props projections for Jalen Hurts is he's going to complete 21-and-a-half passes and attempt 31-and-a-half uh, passes. He's projected for one and a half touchdowns thrown and a half interception. And then he's also projected for throwing 237 yards. E. Yeah, no, I, 
here's the thing. I I don't know what this game is going to be like. Is this game going to be a game where Philadelphia is actually able to neutralize Kansas City's offense, eat up time of clock? Maybe they're not scoring a lot necessarily, but they're driving down the field, maybe settling for field goals, blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of just a chippy game throughout. That's kind of my feel of how the game's going to go. And it's going to end up like a, uh, a 21-19 final, that type of game where the teams are moving the ball and they're getting it, but they're kind of just being stopped at the end. I, for me, I just don't see how Hertz gets to 237 yards. I think he runs a lot. So it, does that include the rushing yards? No, that's just the passing yards. Sorry, I should have I should have added the yeah, rushing yards for him too. But Jalen Hurts' uh, rushing yards yeah. right now is uh, 50 and a half for the game. Oh, no, 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 no. He, he He's not going for over 300 total yards in the Super Bowl. Uh, that's not happening. Kansas City's defense is better than it's been on any of their other runs, in my opinion. The fact that they were able to stop Joe Burrow the way that they were. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is what whatever it is. Uh, that, that's an inexperienced – he was never going to win that game. The only reason they were close is because Mahomes was hobbled. But Burrow had every chance to win that game – and I get it. The refs were a big factor, and a lot of people had a problem with the way that it was called. But bottom line to me, they stopped Burrow when it counted, and now you're going to face Jalen Hurts. That's not the same stratosphere to me. I think Hurts is uh, not on the same class as Joe Burrow. I get that he has a different threat with his legs. There's no way he's going 300 total yards. Uh, Yeah, so – with that being said, we go back to Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's been injured, banged up a little bit. He even admitted that he wasn't 100% when he played San Francisco. And this is kind of going to go into my analysis when we kind of get over to um, the whole team versus team. But he's played games lately where he's not really throwing the football too much. He's not really getting after it. He hasn't thrown over 200. He threw almost 230 yards against uh, the Giants the last week of the, the season through 315 was the last time he had a big game. And that was against Chicago in December, like beginning part of December. How healthy is he? I mean, right. we go, we go, you know, that, I think that's going to factor in, but KC, the only quarterback they've given up against 230 yards against in the last five games is against Joe Burrow. And that's Joe Burrow. Like he's, he's a, he's a passer. I mean, he's, they play treasure. they Played Trevor Lawrence. I mean, however you feel about him, Jalen Hurts is definitely better, especially at this point in their career. But I just don't see their, their defense is better. KC. I just don't see him getting over two hundred and thirty-seven yards this game. I just I don't. I'm taking the under on that. Yeah. No. I, I don't know how they got there. I mean, fifty rushing yards, fine. I'll take that. I think he'll get loose. Uh, I, I don't. I don't even think that he's going to get fifty rushing yards from rushing plays. I think he's going to be blitzed a lot and he's going to be running out of the pocket and he's going to kind of get the rushing yards that way 50 is easy for me in that regard I like I think he's going to end up with like 200 passing yards or or 195 or or something like that with like 60 rushing yards or something like that if they're lucky and the two passing touchdowns is a lot to me that even if, if they're saying Mahomes is a two and and hurts is it too? I don't I don't get that one either. I feel like Philly, with the number one rushing offense in football, Miles Sanders has got to get in there. No, that that's telling me they think Philly's going to win the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, 
I mean, Philly is favored by the, in the game, but I, I don't yeah. know. Like, I, I think it goes back to our some of our analysis and that we'll kind of circle back to here in a second is like, well, we think it's going to be a big rushing game for Philly. So, I mean, I get that you have that deep threat in A.J. Brown and he can hit that 50-yard shot, and they do usually hit those quite often. But I, I do think Casey's secondary is some of the best it's been in a long time. I, I hate to say that, uh, you know, on record, but it's been their defense has kind of been solid. I think that Hertz is going to do a lot of rushing, whether it's designed or not. I think it's going to be a lot of rushing for that game. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, what are the AJ Brown and Devonte Smith lines? Uh, let's go back to that. I mean, we were just talking about the rush, so I was just going to pull up the um, Miles Sanders right now. He's at he's right now projected to have sixty three and a half rushing yards for the game. Um, you think an over or under on that one? Over. I mean, I think that's we're kind of both on the same page with this. I mean, they they got to run the ball. They got to take up time. Kansas City is going to be prepared for that, which that that number being where it is, and that's a lot of rushing yards for a Super Bowl, right? I mean, you know, most people are like, oh, if you don't have a hundred, people think in fantasy terms, oh, you don't get you know seventy-five to hundred yards, you know, that's a trash game. Sixty-three yards in a Super Bowl when Jalen Hurts is potentially going for fifty, that that's a big number. So that that's still a hundred plus total rushing yards for the offense in general. Um, Man, I, I, oh man, I'd probably go over. I'd probably go over with this uh, of the 63. Yeah, I mean, we talk about like, you know, what your season's trend has been like and everything, but this is, but when it comes to the Super Bowl, you usually ditch some of that and you put the ball in your stars' hands or you either stick to the script that has gotten you the most success. Their most success is through the ground even if it's through Jalen Hurts or Miles Sanders. That's their set success for this season, and that's what opens up the passing game for Jalen Hurts to have those 50, 70-yard shots with, with A.J. Brown on the outside. Therefore, I think it's going to be a pounding game. I'm going to rush it a lot. I'm going to take the over with Miles Sanders on this. But um, you asked me about A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. AJ Brown right now, his player prop is at 72 and a half yards, and Devontae's is at 65 and a half. See, AJ Brown, if the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl, he's he's having a big game. I think he's going to be there and step up if they are to win a Super Bowl. So um, it is tough to project that many yards, though. So for right now, I would say under. I, I don't know if you're going to see him go for that many yards. But when I'm thinking about how Vegas gets to this, if you have him at that number, then Smith in the sixties, and then, you know, that adds up to a hundred something. So where are the other yards coming from in the, in this 237 from Hertz exactly? Are they saying that Dallas Goddard is going to get uh, a bunch of yards as well? Like how, how is exactly is Jalen supposed to get 237 passing yards with 72 from, from uh, Brown and 65 from Smith? That makes no sense. So um, here's here's the breakdown of how everyone's for uh, Philly's supposed to project. So you got AJ Brown at the top at seventy two and a half. Then you got um, oh, I was trying to give it to you in order. It might not be that way though. Uh, Devontae Smith at sixty five and a half. And then you got Dallas Godward at fifty and a half. Then we got 
What? Watkins at 12 and a half, and then we got Gainwell at like 12 yards, and Sanders at like. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, so, I mean, I don't know about that. I, that that's tough. I, I don't know about this. I, I don't think I could even say what I think. 72 is a ridiculous number. Even 65 for Smith is a number two receiver. He he. The only way Smith gets that many is if he has the big play, and you don't know if he's going to have the big play. So it that that's a tough line right there for both of them. Yeah, I I'd have to kind of agree with that just because um well Devonte Smith. Let's be honest, he's kind of it's big shot or big game or you know that's kind of where his his bread and butter is. It's, is kind of having that big shot. Can he have that or can he not? Go back to that San Francisco game, that fourth down one where he caught it, even though, I mean, you know he caught it, but he really dropped it. Take that away. I mean, most of his yards for that game are non-existent. I mean, he has big games, but those are games where he's getting, you know, 28 yards on a catch or he's getting, you know, 38, 30 yards on a catch. I mean, if he gets one of those, yeah, but I would take the I would lean the under on both of them. Um, that's just kind of where my thought is. I actually would probably say Goddard has a better chance to kind of get a little bit more. There's, I don't know. I, I think that's Goddard. Goddard's going to move the ball with him. He's going to help open that offense up. You know, RPOs across the middle. That's just the Eagles style of offense, though. So. Yeah. No, I'm with you, but I, I I would never bet a Dallas Goddard Super Bowl line. I don't know about you. Oh. No, 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 no. I am not betting a Dallas Goddard Super Bowl line. That's that's not happening. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean. Uh, so what else do we have for players? Well, well, it's, it depends on what you want to look at. If you want to look at some receiving, um, some rushing yards. I think the rushing, the only other rushing yards that I would look at is uh, Kenneth Gainwell for um, Philly for having um, he's at projected at nineteen and a half. He is kind of a part of their their rushing attempt, whether it be you know jet swings or putting him in the backfield or anything of that nature. What about, you got. Yeah, what about Boston Scott for touchdowns? Well, see the year. Here's something that might blow your blow your mind. Boston Scott right now for rushing yards, he's projected for eight and a half. I'm not shocked. Really? He's a goal line guy. Yeah. I mean, he, he, first of all, he's a, giant, he's a giant killer. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's just mind-blowing to see that, like, someone who's had success this year is, like, projected for eight yards in the Super Bowl. And he is a featured guy. But it's it's how he's featured, though. Yeah, I mean, he I and he's done. It. He scored against San Francisco and the Giants. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see the rushing touchdowns. I mean, because it's kind of like you can take any time touchdowns essentially. So, if you want to do that, we can we can talk about uh, any time touchdowns you want to talk about. I mean, any time if you're if you're looking for it, Boston Scott did. I mean, he's been a secret weapon. If you want to go. With that, you know, get you big money player pick. I, I mean, Boston Scott would be it because it has been the last two playoff games. I mean, I know as a Giant fan, he scores every game against the Giants. It's not just the playoffs. That's why I was expecting it in the playoffs. I mean, Rory was trolling me about it before the game. Like, 
you know, just wait for your Boston Scott touchdown. It's coming. And it, it, it happened again. So I know from the experience with this dude. Uh, so that would be my guy. I mean, other guy would be A.J. Brown. I think he is absolutely scoring a touchdown. I do not think Devontae Smith does, though. Okay. If we're going to go with Philly, um, I'd have to give an anytime touchdown to Jalen Hurts. And this only apply, this does not apply to passing touchdowns. Oh. This only applies to, you know, rushing yeah. essentially. I'd put one in Jalen Hurts. Again, I put, you're going to put the ball in your what's got you there in your playmaker's hands. Jalen Hurts is going to have a rushing touchdown in this game. That's also why I don't think he's going to have two passing touchdowns in this game, but that's you know a different point. Um, but yeah. we're going to go KC, yeah. switch it over on them. Um, I don't know who I have for an anytime touchdown. I kind of want to say Juju's going to have one just because there's always someone shocking that has one in the Super Bowl that's like not shocking, but it's like, oh, they had their redemption story or, you know, feels like we've had those lately. So a little fun one. I, I think I'm going to put Juju as an anytime touchdown. Uh, I mean, the only other option here is Kelsey. If I'm trying to be different, he's going to get a touchdown, right? I mean, it's got to happen. Who else is the option? Like I said, McCole Hardman is out. They have Valdez Scantling. Even he's a little bit banged up. Then you could maybe go to Pacheco as like a – he, he can catch passes sometimes. See, uh, uh, Edwards Hilaire does as well, but those are like, you know, if you're doing screen passes for a touchdown or some other play like that. So I don't know. I, I think Kelsey is like the obvious one. He seems to always score in these big games. Yeah, Kelsey is the obvious one. But the hard part about KC is you watch them throughout the season. I mean, Kelsey's reliable and consistent. That's why I feel like he's the obvious answer. But I think the thing that Mahomes has done very well this season is distributing the football like getting it across the board to anyone who's out there, any wide receivers, any running backs. So kind of makes it a little hard and unpredictable of who's going to score. And I, I get you're taking any time touchdowns and it's hard to predict that anyways, but I, it's, it makes it a little harder. That's why I'm like, Oh, you know, Juju can definitely score, but that's why I'm going to take that as my little fun one for Juju anytime. Okay. I like it. All right. So what about, so I guess we'll move on to team stuff now. Yeah, let's talk about the game as a whole because we kind of been hinting at it a little bit and it seems like we got our player props and kind of set it ourselves up for the game itself. So we got the Super Bowl this weekend. Right now, lines are set at Philly's favorite by one and a half with the over-under at 50 and a half. I'm going to start us off with kind of where you think this game's going to go or analysis in at any point. I I didn't hear the over-under until just then. That is uh, That's absurd. Wow. Uh, I, I have to go under for sure. I don't think there's any way it, it gets over that. So under on the on that. The line, though, Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl, 100%. No doubt about it. Uh, this is not because I hate the Eagles uh, or out of spite of Rory, who, by the way, Rory told me if I don't pick the Eagles or at least say a phrase that I can't utter or else he'd win, uh, then he will not come back to Strictly Baseball. I don't care. Uh, that has no factor into what I'm saying right now. Uh, I think the Chiefs are winning. Mahomes has been on a bum ankle for two weeks. He has been doing amazing things. He is the, I mean, he's got to win. And I I was thinking about this. Like, I cannot imagine waking up on Monday next week and going into first take, let's say, and them saying, Patrick Mahomes is one and two in a Super Bowl. Can he ever be better than Tom Brady, blah, blah, blah. I can't envision that in my head. I think we're going to come back Monday morning and they're going to say he is two and one in a Super Bowl. He is in prime 
you know, he's on track to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady if there is one for for projections to win a certain, you know, to get to seven, eight Super Bowls. I think that's what we're waking up to on Monday morning. Mahomes is too good to lose this game. And I think Philadelphia has been so lucky the entire season. They have had the luckiest see, and, and nobody wants to say this. People are getting crucified, whether you see it on social media, ESPN clips of people just getting yelled at for saying what I'm saying. And now their strength of schedule was buns. Their playoff schedule was a cakewalk. The Giants were never going to walk into Philadelphia and keep that game close. I said that on Strictly Sports. I said it to all my friends. Everyone was like, oh, the Giants are going to lose. You're going to be so upset. I'm like, I know it going in. This is so – the Giants, no way Daniel Jones has beaten that Philly crowd. And then San Francisco, there were people that thought they could even win that game. Brock Purdy, a rookie, is not going into Philadelphia and winning that game. I don't care if he's healthy. He's not winning that game. And I think Vegas is telling you, based on these lines, Philadelphia, if they win the game, first of all, they're only favored by a point and a half. If they win the game, they have to hit perfectly on pretty much all those lines. AJ's got to have a big game. Jalen's got to rush for like 50 or 60 and throw for 200 plus. You've got to get 50, 60 yards out of Miles Sanders. All of those things need to happen. The only thing that needs to have happened for KC is for Patrick Mahomes to have two good ankles and they're fine and they're going to win the game. Yeah, it's a great take. I love it. Um, I have a similar thought process here. Uh, I can just give you a little bit different how I got there. Um, first off, let's just say I, I'm going to tell you Casey's winning this game. Uh, we can talk about quarterbacks all we want. I think Mahomes is the better quarterback, and I know that's the easy answer. Is just say, well, this is Mahomes. He's going to win the Super Bowl. This is the third time he's been there in the last four years. He knows what it means to win. He knows what it means to lose. He's been very open and honest about wanting to win the second one, especially after losing to Brady. I think this is his year of redemption. This has been a goal set in that locker room for the last two years. Redeem themselves. This is the year. But um, I think I'm going to have to lean the, the under on the 50 and a half myself. You go look back at the five, last five games played by both teams. I mean, combined points, the Eagles have 45 points. Combined, KC's got 43 and a half. I think that tells you to lean the under a little bit. Yeah. Not to mention, it's just kind of where I think it's going to be like kind of a close game control-wise. But you go look back at why I think KC's going to win this game. You go look back at the last couple of games Philly's played. They played San Francisco. They played Johnson, a quarterback who's I, – I can't remember the stat line. He's been around – 10 plus teams or whatever. No one he knows. Was on this guy. He was on your yeah, bucks. That's what I mean. Like, whatever. But he threw for 74 yards. You had Purdy play for 23. I will say, I think San Francisco, if they had a quarterback, they were the most complete roster in the NFL to win the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, I said that too. If they had a healthy quarterback. I still think with Purdy being healthy, that would have been more of a game, more than a 31 7. I get Purdy came and played the second half, but he can't throw the football because of his injury. So you, it made it easy for you, for them. All they had to do is line up and stop the run, which that's all they could do at that point for San Francisco. Then you go look at some of their other games. They played Danny Jones in the playoffs. Okay, cool. Then we go look at their other games. They played the Giants with their backup quarterbacks in the last week of the season. Then they went and played Andy Dalton the week before that. And they played Dak Prescott. 
The last time, if we go and look, the last time they lost a game was against Heineke in Washington with Hurts healthy. But you look at this, it's like, who have they played? Seriously, who, who have they been playing against in, in a QB role or even in player props? They haven't faced Mahomes lately. That's my point I'm getting it. And that kind of gets to your point they've yep. been getting lucky. I think – I don't want to say the word, but I think everyone can assume what, I, what I'm thinking right now is that are the Eagles really the Super Bowl contenders? They had a cakewalk to the, to the Super Bowl. Didn't have to do anything. Shoot, I think Dallas – could have had a harder schedule than them to make the playoffs, and they played a back quarterback. I mean, but anyways, it's besides the point. I'm taking KC all the way on this. This is Mahomes' year. Mahomes is coming back to win this thing. I know that we were also talking about how Mahomes is going to have to show up and throw a lot of yards to win this game as well, but this is Mahomes. Mahomes will show up. He's going to give you 280 at least in this game. Give me Mahomes. Give me KC. They win in this game. I love it. I love it, but I mean – if we got to be the ones to do it, and, and, and I mean, week one, Eagles and Lions, three-point victory on the road. And the line they ended up being good, right? I mean, they almost made the playoffs and everything. But the Lions, it was kind of a lightning in a bottle type situation. They beat Kirk Cousins at home. Kirk Cousins, okay. Eagles, they beat the Commanders on the road the first time, lost to them the second time. To me, that's inexcusable if you're this undefeated behemoth. Um, you yeah, beat but like, Trevor I do want to make it – before we go through this, I want to make it very clear that I think the Eagles are actually a good team. But you go look, when we go through this, you're going to hear where, I, where we're coming from. It's like, it's like what have you done to prove that you are this good of a team this year? Maybe you need to win that Super Bowl. Right. Like, that to me this year, but I haven't seen it yet. That's all. Right, and, th- and that's the thing. Like, Maybe what proves you're a good team is that in a week schedule, you did basically win out. So it's like, well, if you're going to get the easy teams, you better beat all of them, and they did. So they, pro- they proved that, and that's why they are a good team and why they are the number one defense, blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, you know, yeah, you beat Trevor by eight points at home. You beat Kyler Murray by a field goal on the road, and this is when their season was in a tire fire at the time. You beat Dallas at home. That's a great win. That you know, Dallas. Whatever you want to say about them, they choke in every big game. Okay, you still have to beat them, and you, you. So you still have to show up and beat them, and they did. They beat the Steelers by a lot. That was a great game for them. They beat Houston. That obviously, but that that's easy, right? Steelers easy. You're talking about, you know, uh, what's his face, Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky. The Texans is Davis Mills. Then you get a, a one-point victory on the road against the Colts, and they're the number, what, no, top five draft pick this year. We know their QB situation. You beat the Packers by a touchdown. That's a good win. That's a good win right there against Aaron Rodgers, yeah. so I'll give them that. Uh, you, you beat Tennessee. I, I'm not familiar if Tannehill played that game, but that's a good win by a lot of points. Um, Giants, yeah, you're, they beat them twice. They're a playoff team, but it's, you know, you should beat the Giants with the year you were having at the time. Uh, then they beat the Bears by five. This was without Hurts. And then they beat, they lose to the Saints. That's without Hurts as well. So you get what we're saying. Where's the big game? Yeah. I mean, where's that marquee win? But you also look at some of these games and it's like, 
it's like your defense sets you up for them. They got turnovers. They set you up with short fields. They either scored for you. I don't see KC giving you a game like that where they're going to give you free points the entire game. Yeah, I think Mahomes is going to throw a pick at some point in the game, but do you get a pick six off of that or not? I, I just don't see you getting a lot of free points and free opportunities from KC. That's where I'm like, it's all on the offense for for, for the Eagles. Let's say KC gets hot. The Eagles are a run team. Where, where is Jalen Hurts going to – I know he can throw the football, but is Jalen Hurts going to all of a sudden be throwing 50-yard pass plays to Devontae and, and AJ on the outsides all game and hitting them all game? I don't see that happening. No. If it becomes no. a shootout in passing. Yeah. I mean, and listen, if he does, that's been the mantra. Yeah. Yeah, what I was about to say is, if it does, that's been the whole mantra of Hurts' career too. I mean, he he's always been treated like this by, by everyone, basically. I mean, he's always not the best quarterback on the field, according to everyone going into the games. And then he walks in. We've seen – I mean, do you factor in at all what he's done in national championships, his time at Alabama, Oklahoma? He's played in major games before and has played well. Yes, he has, and he also hasn't. Um, you just brought up a key point to me in that aspect of he has all these season accolades and everything, but if you want to talk about some of his national championships he's been to, he got benched against, for Tua to come in against no, you're Georgia. Right. I forgot <laughs> Like he's had some postseason woes and, and wows in college and in the NFL, but he's also had games where he disappears because teams can teams know his game when it comes down to it. He's a he's a run quarterback. He wants to open everything up through the run on his legs and then pass the football on you. Better he just wants to go quick, momentum offense. I mean that's the other thing. When you get to a Super Bowl, you get two weeks to prepare against a head coach. At this point in the year, they know your game. There's a reason why Kirk Cousin doesn't have much success in the playoffs because everyone knows his game. They don't care what he does in the regular season. There's a reason why Tom Brady has had success. Yeah, you could figure out his game, but he knows how to beat everyone there. Reason why Aaron Rodgers has had yeah. to, no success. Yeah, he doesn't have weapons, whatever. They know that. He doesn't have weapons. Let's just make this, you know a game that we can beat Rodgers in in his time. I mean, teams know that when it comes to the playoffs. So that being said, I, I think it's KC's game. That's, yeah, and that's a great, that, I mean, yeah, great summation too of the quarterbacks and how they're treated and, you know, how you got to go in there with the mindset. But, yeah, I mean, KC's winning the Super Bowl. Um, I'm with you. Um, the only thing that I wanted to address before we got out of here is we are close uh, to March Madness. It's a little over a month and away. About exactly a month from now, we're going to have the conference championships going on in college basketball, which flows into March Madness. And, uh, you know, Big Ten's been a lot of drama. Uh, I mean, everyone is just within a game of each other, essentially, aside from the bottom few. And um, that's been a lot of fun. FAU just slipped out of the top 25 today after their second loss of the year, which we talked about that. And, and they, you know, they basically need to win the conference to get in the, in the tournament or a play-in for March Madness. So we'll see. Um, FAU, though, great season and great to see, but it kind of just is forgettable in the national sense if you don't make the, the national tournament. Um, and then going to the AAC next year, what happens to FAU then? So we'll see. But um, we will cover 
March Madness, or not March Madness, but the conclusion wrap up to the NCAA season conference championships. March Madness will make sure to get all of that for you guys. But for you, Tyler, um, what has been your focus so far in, in the college basketball season? Dark horse candidates to win it all. Um, I think for me, I mean, clearly, I think Purdue. Everyone, I mean, they've been a good staple in the in the tournament for the last few years and have made some runs. But in terms of the regular season, I don't know about them ever being this good. And uh, I forget the guy's name, but their main star, this big guy, he's been really good this season. And in a stacked Big Ten, they've been at the top. But also for me, SEC basketball has been really good, and that's been a shock to me. Yeah, I mean, a couple dark dark horses. I mean, one, the Big Ten – some teams are going to miss it that are actually pretty good. Um, you go look at all of them. They're all pretty good right there with each other. Um, I know, I know I hate, I'm the guy to say it, but I am a little biased on it, but I think Michigan state makes the March madness. They can make be a little bit of a dark horse, especially if they get that rotation healthy again, and then back to a regular rotation. I think they can make a little bit of a run. Um, obviously March madness all comes down to matchups and, and everything. I do also want to kind of look at, you know, Duke, UNC, I know that they're big names, so are they really a dark horse? But the way their seasons are projected, they're kind of falling underneath at people's radar, depending on who you ask. Yeah, they do have a good team. They are, they are, you know, got the the DNA for for a March Madness run. The SEC for sure. Um, you know, you got Tennessee and Alabama. I think Tennessee is going to be a little bit more geared for a run. They usually are in the tournament. Not the they usually make a little bit better run than Alabama Purdue. I think this is the first year I felt like they actually have some shooters on the outside to help complement their, their big men down low where I think they might actually be able to make a run. But at this point in the season, I still am at the conclusion that I think they're going to choke in March madness per usual. I think they'll run into a matchup where, you know, their shooters aren't really shooters. It and we get, they get exposed. So I do want, I, I don't know at this point in the season, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I do think there are going to be some dark horses out of the Big Ten, like such as Illinois and Indiana. I think they're teams to kind of look out for right now. Um, I think Kentucky has kind of shifted their gears from being this dominant regular season force to let's gear towards the postseason. However, Kentucky has had a little bit of struggles lately, but I don't know. You just It's hard to say Kentucky's going to be out of it. Um, I know Texas is out there, but – I think this is kind of a Texas bounce back where they can kind of make a sweet 16 run, essentially. This is kind of giving a glimpse at it, just looking at everything. How about uh, – how about – I mean, for me, interestingly, this year, uh, the teams uh, that are cool to see for me up there, I mean, UConn is back to being ranked, although it's, you know, a little bit insignificant. I mean, they've been in the top 20 and in the top 15, and I think they were in the top five way earlier in the year. Um, so they – they're a dark horse for me. I mean, UConn's history, we all know that. So them kind of back in it has been interesting. And then um, another team I just had on my mind is Kansas. I mean, you were just talking about Kentucky. Kansas is in the top 10 still. I mean, they are still every single season in the, in the mix. Yeah, they are. But you got to remember, they won it last year, and no one really ever goes back-to-back to win it. I mean, it has – it probably has happened and everything, but I feel like it never does. So – that's kind of why I'm like, eh, Kansas is not going to make they, – they could definitely make that run, but that's why I'm kind of like Kansas isn't going to win it this year just because it's hard to do that two years in a row. You know, I, I get it's the yeah. tournament. 
it's six games, but it's the tournament. You know, anything can happen. You can get a matchup where you're not good. It's it's basketball. It's also why I love it. Shooters get hot and everything. But um, it's kind of why I'm leaning off of them. I I do want to. It's been twenty over twenty years since someone in the Big Ten has won the the national championship. I think this is the year where they have so many teams that can make a run. I hope that there are some teams that are at the top of the list right now in the Big Ten that are technically up there in rankings. I don't think they're as good as the rankings say they are. I would hope that during the next eight, nine games that are left for some of these teams, the rankings kind of readjust and reshow that, like, hey, some of those teams shouldn't be at that top. They fall back. So some of those teams at the bottom are actually at the top where they should be. But they're all one games apart pretty much. So I hope it kind of evens that out so that way some of the be- the true teams that I think out of the Big Ten make it because I think there are some dark horses out of the Big Ten this year. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you look at these top 25s and they're very inclusive. If you look the Big Ten is – all of those teams are just beating up on each other. You look at their out-of-conference records and they're great. So, uh, yeah, watch out for the Big Ten this year. They are deep. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that I want to talk about here yeah. is, oh yeah, uh, yeah. So the, uh, the other thing I want to talk about here is uh, NHL. They're coming off the All Star break right now. Actually, recording this on Monday night. It's the first night of the regular season and, and coming back. Um, but yeah, NHL. I, there's really regular season is so regular season. I would do that on your own accord, but. What we're going to be focusing on very soon is the World Baseball Classic. It is coming in early March. It is basically the Olympics of baseball. And something, Tyler, I think you would very much enjoy. Uh, it is so much fun. It's single elimination. Well, first it's pool play and the top two teams that come out of the pool advance. And then it's single elimination. And it's it's a lot of fun. It's two weeks, uh, not that long. And it's actually... Uh, you know, with the pitch clock and with shift restrictions coming in uh, to Major League Baseball, this is like the last taste of normal baseball that you'll get because it's not going to have the pitch clock. And I think there will be shifts. So uh, maybe they won't shift out of the spirit of the game, quote unquote, being changed at the Major League level. But you never know the, the if the coaches are allowed to do it, they'll do it and we'll all hate them for it. But uh, there won't be a pitch clock. It will be traditional baseball. But I don't know if you remember it back in 2017, COVID delayed it. It's usually every four years, but the crowds in Miami, when these, you know, especially when the Dominican, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, Colombia, those crowds in Miami, and that's where the semifinals and championships are this year, they are nuts. Yeah, it's exciting things. Sports are moving in a good direction. So I feel like a lot of, not just, not just MLB, but the NFL and, you know, I think they're all moving towards a gear of, you know, trying to help make it more fan interactive and kind of actually starting to listen to the fans' points of views and what we want to see as fans. So it's great, you know, and seeing that, you know, not just hero point of views, but also giving back to to the past and helping, you know, shed light on everything. So I, I think sports are moving in the right direction, and I think that's like a case in point as to why. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fun tournament. Uh, I believe it's on Fox, which is good for baseball last time they did this it was on mlb network that's a subscription channel not everyone has access to it it needs to be on network tv i love it and uh it's gonna be a lot of fun i mean team usa is is stacked i mean you got mike trout mookie betts paul goldschmidt uh uh clayton kershaw's on there 
all the names that everybody knows. So it's going to be a really fun time for Major League Baseball and for baseball fans. And uh, again, top 10s for Major League Baseball. We're going to have another one come out this week uh, for top 10 third base. We did top 10 second base last week. So make sure to check that out on the channel with Rory Tedimer and I. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter at Strictly Sports P. I'm fake verified now. Um, so go follow the account. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Strictly Sports Production. So uh, for this edition of Backyard Bets, thank you, Tyler Fabian. And we will see you after the Super Bowl when the Chiefs win. We'll see you next time.